This week's major spoilers podcast goes out to the following fine and faithful spoilerites. And since I've heard feedback that I'm not butchering people's names enough, I'm going to use a completely outrageous and indecipherable European accent. Daniel Purcell, Duane Harder, Brian Gatley, Cody Dixon, Janusz Strip, oh, Nathan Olson, Terry Olais, Jeffrey Sire, Joseph Kaleruda, Daniel Weiss, Weiss is funny, <laughs> Alan Bruce, Brian Genninka, Ivan Peterson, that one's really hard to say, Daniel Joyson, Jordan Medina, Michelle Nielsen, and William Hathcock. Each and every one of them is the fine and faithful spoilerite, and we send this one to them. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, long time ago, me and the other guys here, we was hitchhiking down a long and winding road, when all of a sudden there shined a shiny demon in the middle of the road, and he said, Make the greatest podcast in the world, or I'll eat your souls. So me and the guys, we looked at each other, and we each said, okay. And we put together one hell of a show with news, reviews, maybe use, Batman, tons more, and even if it weren't the greatest podcast in the world, the joke's on him, we've all worked in television production, we ain't got any souls left. So choke on that, slap nuts, because the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air! Welcome to uh, issue 543 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. What Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this with a friend. We appreciate everyone who uh, does what they do to support the cause, just like those <laughs> fine people at the top of the show. They supporting the cause. Does, and they does what they do. They are awesome. Hey, this past weekend, New York Comic Con. Oh. Wow. Yeah, Big Apple. Comics. It was a Comic Con in New York. The Jacob Javits like Center. A whole bunch of things coming out of there. Uh, yeah. Just to run down a couple of things. Marvel on the Marvel side. Fantastic mm. Four and the FF are ending with issue number 16, never to return again. No. <laughs> oh, crap. No, they're gone forever. <coughs> Cough relaunch. What? That doesn't make any sense. Why would a company say that the titles are going away and then relaunch them with a number one a month later? <laughs> and 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 maybe because they're gearing up for a new movie Bing. yes yeah <laughs> yes fantastic four movie a lot of people lining up apparently to get on board the new uh reboot of the fantastic four being directed by um oh the guy from chronicle um, um enrico colantoni uh no max landis max landis there you go Mir- <laughs> Miracle Man finally getting a release date in January. Yes! We'll finally get to see issue number 25 of Neil Gaiman's book. You young people will finally see what Otter Disaster and I have been yammering about for the past quarter of a century. Oh, is that what it was? I wasn't talking to you, Stephen. (laughs) I was talking to the young people. Yeah, last issue of Miracle Man came out, I want to say 93 or 94. Issue 24 was the last one printed. And apparently the guys who were doing it, which at the time I think were uh, Mark Epic? Buckingham. Wasn't it Epic and... that was publishing that? No, 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 no. 
that, that was uh, Eclipse. Oh, Eclipse, sorry. Yeah, but uh, I can't remember the writer now. It wasn't Neil Gaiman, I think. Maybe it was Neil Gaiman. It was somebody, and they had an arc that had set up, and it was like issue two of six or something. Mm-hmm. And then Eclipse went, yeah. and then Todd McFarlane mm-hmm. eventually went in and like, I'm Todd McFarlane! <laughs> and, you know, it's been a thing. Excited about this, Zach? Miracle Man? Yes. I have no opinion because I will loan I you. do not know who that is, and frankly, I do not care at the moment. But maybe I will in January when I read a comic. You know, there's a Miracle Man. There are a whole bunch of new Avengers comics coming out. Uh, new Avengers AI uh, set. Not set 1,000 years in the future. Not in the year 3,000, but 10,000 years in the future. Whoa. That's a long in time. Then we have uh, Avengers World, where all of Earth is under the protection of the Avengers. So Avengers, Avengers Undercover. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Secret of a- uh, Avengers. And then we are going wait, to get... Wait, wait, wait. There's Avengers Undercover and Secret Avengers? That's right. Wow. And then, don't of course, Avengers don't the, uh, the uh, Secret Avenger Defenders... Oh. oh, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, Bo Benders. Right. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, Loki, Agent of Asgard, coming in February 2014. We're also going to see uh, relaunches of ongoing series for Black Widow, Iron Patriot, Ghost Rider, uh, Elektra, Captain Marvel, The Punisher, uh, The New Warriors, all coming in um, in between January and March of uh, 2014. Okay. Kind of looking forward to New Warriors. You know, a lot of people mm. were upset about the, the FF ending because they love the Mike Allred art. Well, guess what? You can go oh, flip uh, and find more Mark, Mike Allred art in the pages of Silver Surfer number one. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, Dan Slott? Yes. Dan yeah. Slott. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. check that out. Zach and I are both excited about the same book. Cancel Bam. Christmas. No, don't cancel Christmas. I need more Legos. Cancel Congress. <laughs> <laughs> No, that already happened. She-Hulk is also going to get a new ongoing series. Mm-hmm. Yay! Well, and a new so... costume, apparently, as well. What's Does her she have a now? costume? Uh, a uh, like purple a... and white leotard? Yeah. Okay. I hope her new costume is a pantsuit. <laughs> she, I, honestly, <laughs> I think she needs a costume with <laughs> pants. Awesome. Like, or at least I'm shorts. Pants. And not booty no, shorts. Like, well, pants all the way down. In fact, I want flare pants. So that she can do that thing where she she Hulk leaps around and her flare pants will be all floopy around her ankles like little ankle capes. I got I have designs. I have ideas. Uh, over on the DC side, uh, we're going to see a new Batman uh, weekly series come out. Batman Eternal. Batman. You ready for more Batman, Zach? <laughs> no. The interesting thing, if you look at the cover, <laughs> if you look at the cover that DC solicited for this Batman Eternal, I yeah. don't see Nightwing on this cover. Nightwing has been eaten by sharks. Has he? I haven't yeah, been following what's been forever. No, no, I haven't. Yeah, there was a shark. So is he dead? Dead for sure? Well, he was jumping it, and <laughs> it leapt up and bleh. right. And but uh, is that is that a rotating writer artist? Thing? I think it is. And from the list, I Surely. mean, they, I'm wondering too if they're not just pulling out a bunch of old stories that they've had in the drawer because one of the writers is um, uh, Tim. Um, what's his Dave. face? No, 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 from uh, Batman, uh, the animated series. Um, Bruce Tim? Bruce Bruce Tim Tim. is going to be doing one of the stories, or at least is listed as one of the authors. So I don't know if they're cleaning out the the gutters 
uh, that they that they've been stacking up Batman stories. But one what? of the things that's going to happen in issue number three, Stephanie Brown returns to the New Fifty Two as spoiler. Stephanie Brown. Wait, as spoiler. Her name is Spoiler. Well, yeah. that's her character. That's her. Oh. You know, once a no, once a once know. a villain turned hero turned Robin turned dead right. turned um back Batgirl. up turned Batgirl. Yeah. Her father was uh, the uh, Calendar Clue Man. Oh, Clue Master. That's right. Yeah, Clue Master had a pretty awesome costume when it was drawn by Carmine Infantino, mm-hmm. but nobody else could make Clue Master look like anything less than a doofus, which is why he became such a laughingstock in the nineties. Uh, let's see what else is coming out. Oh, it looks like Superboy is going to die. Spoiler. Awesome. Anybody reading that? No. Nope. Oh, okay. I haven't. I I read the first two issues, and I think I read the Culling crossover with. Um, oh, you didn't read the one about L. I think I read. No, no. I think I read Superboy up I, to the Culling. I dropped all the uh, super titles before the L crossover, but um, Superboy lost me when they brought in the Ravagers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Ravagers was just so execrable to me that it just kind of soured me on that whole corner of the DCU. But eh, I, I think it could be something interesting. I will be more shocked if the death of Superboy is actually a death. Well, it says Superboy will make the, quote, ultimate sacrifice, <gasps> unquote. Oh, he'll be <laughs> Zach, you're supposed now. to do every time you hear oh, ultimate sacrifice. Sorry. I knew there was something along with that. Superboy will make honest. the ultimate sacrifice <gasps> in order to stop the universe from falling apart. Nailed it. John Lane Kent. John Lane Kent will appear in Superboy 26 John as Lane the, Kent. Uh, yes. Who's John Lane Kent? He's the wow. original son of Clark and Lewis from an alternate future. Zod will show up soon, as will Parasite. And apparently the Supers are going to tra- travel back in time and try to save Krypton. Wow. Because yeah, that'll work. Uh, I doubt it. Oh, he read well, Red Sun last week. Yeah, I already read it. <laughs> it happens it in an infinite loop. I'm not um, saying it couldn't happen. I'm just saying that it seems like a close-ended premise. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back and prevent the Abraham Lincoln being assassinated. Well, either your story is they prevented it and everything you know is wrong. Which yeah. is, well, it's, it's scary, but I mean, it'd be fascinating. I don't think they'll do it. Or they don't prevent it and we spend 12 issues you know, trying to figure out how they don't prevent it. Find out how come the Legion to- is still lost. Oh, the Legion is lost because uh, Paul Levitz. Oh, too mean, man. No, honestly, you're true. You're true right there. You know what? I think DC must really super hate Mark Wade. I mean, we already know that they don't, there's no love lost with the parting of ways mm-hmm. between those two. But the other day I got me some hankering for some uh, Mark Wade Archie Legion stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, and I didn't want to go back and dig through my 10,000 comics, uh, but I did want to go buy them digitally. There's only four issues of that run. The 1 million issue, the zero issue, and then... Uh, two uh, issues that were part of the Darkest Night crossover. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it in digital format. No other Mark mm-hmm. Wade Legion of Superheroes except for, well, I don't even know if they have the uh, the second time he stepped up to the plate digitally on Comixology. Uh, the WKRP Legion? Yeah. I, yeah, that's the volume five. I don't know. Ugh. I, I just can't believe it. that they would say, oh, we're just going to flush money down the toilet. Steven's over there with his... Millions of dollars ready to buy legions of superheroes. I am am crossing my big fat sausage fingers on this, but I think what DC is doing right now is trying to put some screws to Mark Wade. No, I think they're giving the Legion a cooling off period so that they can do one of their big yatata because you demanded it moments. 
Probably. Like, right. I mean, like, like with Stephanie, Stephanie Brown. Brown mm-hmm. back. Yeah, two years. But you know what? When I don't do we get hear, our Wally West? But you know, one of the things that I, reading through all the discussions at the panels, I don't remember anybody standing up and asking the question, so when you bring the Legion of Superheroes back, I don't hear the fan outcry. Well, I mean, there's probably a, a few people out there that are saying, I, I sure miss the Legion of Superheroes. But there's not that many of them, which is sad. I'm telling Probably you, they should, just, they should just give it to me. It's going to be the sexy girl and monster show. The latest <laughs> Legion incarnation was so depressing that even the hardcore fans are like, yeah, I, I'm okay with you taking a few months off, you know, waiting until Levitz forgets that he ever wrote the book and having somebody else do it. Or, you know, nothing at DC, nothing in comics will ever be gone forever. You know, we're getting the $6 million man season six in the year 2013. Mm-hmm. There will be more Legion somewhere down the line. I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about it. I'm just thinking that in the short run. When's their I'd next big anniversary? The Legion? Yeah. 1958. So 2018. Well, I guess 2013 this year would be 45 years. Yeah, they'll wait another 55. year. They'll, they'll wait five more years before we see the Legion come back in any big Possibly. way. Um, uh, during the San Diego Comic-Con, it was announced that uh, um, Bruce Timm and Zack Snyder were going to work together to do an animated short film as an homage to all the incarnations of Superman over the years. And we were told at the time that it was going to be one giant continuous shot and it was going to have, you know, like the Golden Age Superman and the Max Fleischer Superman and mm. the Christopher Reeve and, mm. and the new guy and that other guy that everybody would like to forget because he was kind of a creepy stalker <laughs> and beat dad. Um, but it was all going to be in this one thing. Well, um, stalker, people at the New York Comic Con got to see this piece mm-hmm. and they're going to air it on uh, Cartoon Network on Wednesday, October 16th at 6.58 p.m. If Holy you crap, that's today. That's right. <gasps> if you don't have your DVR set... Guess what? It's going to be on the Man of Steel Blu-ray release, so you'll get it there. Or if you go over to Entertainment Weekly, it's there right now. And I got to tell you, while it's kind of interesting, it's not all one, you know, unedited cut. It's like cut up and back and forth and stuff. So I was a little disappointed in that. Any of you guys see that? Did you see it, Zach? Yeah. It was okay. It was okay. I, I didn't so get is that all animated. It's all animated. Yeah. yeah. So they do like a likeness of Christopher mm-hmm, Reeve, mm-hmm. And which is kind of cool. George Reeves and yeah, yeah it's kind of cool. Dean Cain. I don't know if Dean Cain's. I don't remember seeing the Dean Cain one. Oh, yeah. Dean have to go back not and on it. it. That is an insult. You can go back and watch it. Uh, coming out from Green Lantern. I like sitcom out. Superman. Lights out. Apparently, they're going to blow up Oa. Oh, sorry. Out go lights. Didn't they blow up Oa in 1994? Oh, right. So this is I forget. This is the ultimate um, DC universe. Oh, right. So we got to retell those stories again. Um, well, 94, I guess, is 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, no, Zach wasn't around then. Superman and Wonder Woman apparently are still getting it on. Daniel West is going to become even more twisted as the new uh, Reverse Flash or um, whatever he is. Still no Wally West, though, to be seen. Um, if you pick up Earth 2, you can go... Oh, uh, may, okay, now I figured it out. We, 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 like, Wally West is around. We just haven't seen him because in this so universe... Fast. Yeah, in this universe... Hit Wally is short, short for Waldo, so There's they can't, Waldo. They can't oh. find him. It's Waldo West. That Over, explains the stripes on his pants. Yeah, yeah. Over in Earth 2, uh, Kara is going to get into a bit of trouble with Kal-El because she's using a fake ID to go out on a night on the town with Huntress. That should be fun. And, and Tiny right. Titans is coming back. Yay. Yay. Well, don't everybody, you know, jump up and down at once. Zach, uh, uh, Rodrigo, can I get a yay from you too? I did. Oh, I thought, who didn't say yay? 
Zach didn't. Oh, I didn't. I was reading. Zach doesn't know. I was reading more of the announcements. What what are some other announcements that you saw that were pretty cool? Well, no, mainly I was just thinking about why does does Kara need a uh, fake ID when she can just, like, fly into a store really quick and grab whatever she wants. Because she's going out to party. Yeah, yeah. And if Kal-El is still alive, it's a flashback. Drop some EDM, get some strobe lights, just fist pump the night away. Yeah. You don't need other people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The new face of evil (laughs) has been unveiled in the Star Wars uh, Rebels universe. (laughs) <laughs> apparently they no. uh they showed some video screened at the uh, star wars panel uh the star wars rebel show i believe is going to hit airwaves next fall and the uh the villain has a double lightsaber right yes yeah with a but, cool circular thing yeah, in the middle yeah but it kind of looked to me like it's like a double lightsaber but it's a one-handed double lightsaber yeah. it's kind of what it looked like and so. you know what it, you know what i'm gonna bet that happens what that that double lightsaber somehow splits, splits. in two so it's more like a saber the pirate saber with the uh, rounded uh, curve part I'm, over the hand i'm hoping that it like i'm hoping that the thing spins around so it's like light scissors oh that was like that'd be yeah. pretty cool oh that would be really cool <laughs> chuck sabers and then all those like those those crotch shots on america's funny some videos would be even funnier because then they'd also like cut off their ankle yeah also chuck saber yeah. was a member of the legion of doom uh, alongside Hawk and Animal back in 19. I was gonna say Chuck Saber uh, actually sounds like a like NASCAR announcer. <laughs> or, or, like, Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's Chuck Saber here from NASCAR International Sunday, Daytona. Sunday, Sunday. Uh, Join Chuck Saber as we turn the Kansas Coliseum into a giant mud <laughs> Over at Dark Horse Comics. All. Over at Dark Horse Comics, uh, Serenity is coming back. It's going to get a season in comic book form, uh, being written by uh, Zach Whedon. So uh, there mm-hmm. you go. Okay, who is Zach? That's uh, Joss's brother. Yeah, he's his younger mm-hmm. brother. So they have three of them? There's Joss, and there's Jed, and there's Zach? Yeah. And Zach, I think, actually worked on... Dr. Uh, Horrible. Which one? Dr. Horrible, yeah. And didn't he also work on Dollhouse? I don't know. I can't remember. Zach, I believe he had something to do with the Dollhouse uh, series. And I know he wrote the uh, the Shepherd's Tale, which was the hardcover explanation of Shepherd Book's backstory. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Which was actually quite a good book. And then uh, Buffy's going to enter the uh, 10th season. Buffy and Angel enter season 10 over at Dark Horse as well. Eventually, Buffy is actually going to catch up with Sarah Michelle Gellar and be the same age. Maybe. Um, Any other uh, New York Comic Con news that you guys popped and saw? (laughs) Um, Uh, There was something. I really liked the new guy's voice for the Batman. Oh, yeah, for the the new game for the... uh, For Arkham Origins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that oh, that's was really a, sweet. It sounds I, pretty much like Hamill. There's a lot of Hamill in there. In the Joker? Well, in the in uh, Troy Baker's There's a little voice. bit of Hamill in all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Hamill Dude. gets around, if you know what I mean. Oh, what about Little Dynamites? I want to read Little Dynamites. <laughs> So if you don't know what this is about, Rodrigo, so, so take perfect. your f- take your favorite to Dynamite Entertainment oh properties gosh. like Battlestar Galactica and Vampirilla and the, the uh, Bionic Man and the Bionic Woman That's and Evil so- Ernie and Red Sonia and turn them into little uh, little chibi kids, a la the uh, oh yeah Teen Titans, and let them have adventures. When did this become a thing? When did like hey let's turn our really are uh, violent superheroes into little Probably, kids. you know, to be honest, I think... 1942. 
No, I, I'm going to say probably more, you know, if you're looking more recently, if you look at the Teen Titans uh, cartoon series when it was originally out uh, and it really de-aged everybody. And yeah. even though there were some really cool, serious stories, um, it was more light fun because mm-hmm. they were really young. And then you throw in Scotty Young, who does all these little kid cover right, arts. Right. And then you throw in Balthazar and Franco doing the uh, Teen Titans. Uh, yeah. You know, take the Teen Titans and put them down in preschool and boom, there you go. Right. By the way, that wasn't a joke. I actually mean 1942. Uh, they they did a bunch of backup strips uh, by Sheldon Mayer called Scribbly. And uh, Scribbly, his mom was the original Red Tornado, Ma Hunkle. And they had uh, they did all these sorts of things where you'd see the superheroes. You'd have like a turtle version of the Flash and a kitty version of other characters. Cool. Oh, cool. There you go. Listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com and you can read bamillions, literally bamillions. Literally bamillions. Of uh, convention Actually, stories. Literally, no not necessarily all from the New York Comic Con, but just convention stories. There's right. new conventions coming up. There's some uh, Sherlock convention where everybody uh, goes up to celebrate. What is it? The Just Sherlock <laughs> Holmes Sherlock? in general? Yeah, it's, it's Sherlock everybody Holmes in general. Or is it just the BBC Sherlock series? There's, there's a lot of that. There's some of the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. There's also like some other stuff. But mostly it's like... What about the ABC like, Sherlock with... Uh, with what's Lucy, Lucy Elementary? Elementary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. CBS. Probably. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a uh, place for people to get together... And awesomely talk about Sherlock Holmes properties. Cool. All things Sherlock and Sherlock. You can find that over there. And also, listeners, you can find out about the Major Spoilers Costume Contest. Seven years. We need some more entries. Woo! Come on. Otherwise, it's going to be that one guy who dressed up with the box on his head. Yeah, box guy. Be the winner mm. this year. We can't have that. Yeah. We think that box Zach is a really good box, though. No, he drew a picture of a car engine. He called himself Machine Head. We cannot mm. let him win. I'm pretty sure that's a real Transformer, though, right? Machine Head? <laughs> Sounds about right. It's a. Uh, no. it's, it's just it's, as real as dipstick. Man. It's a. Uh, it's a bush song. <laughs> it's a bush song. Yeah. Get over there and enter. You've got until October thirty first. Let's get more people entered into the major spoilers costume contest. Giving away an iPad, an iPad Mini. Giving away some Woo. Legion of Superhero figures. Whoa. Which yeah. no, I did a search on eBay. The Legion yeah. of Superhero figures may be actually worth more than the iPad <laughs> Mini. Nice. They, so, they are hard to come by. They I, really are. I, this is a good set, too. I, I'm not saying I have this set. Oh, no, we did. We opened it. You opened it on air during your birthday, sh- what, two years ago? Oh, yeah. crap. All they right. They listened. I have this it. set. It's a great set. Um, also, thank you again to our VIP members. Thank you so much for everything you do. I got our server bill for the year. Thank oh. you for our VIPs. Boo. If you want to become a VIP, you can become a bronze, silver, or gold member. Uh, you can get some original art by Adriana, who plays Trill over at Critical Hit, um, uh, part of our Major Spoilers Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Uh, every month we do a live chat f- with our gold members. We've got one coming up, I think, this weekend, if we can get everything lined up. And we do bonus tracks. Bonus tracks is where we sit down and provide commentary s- to some great movies and maybe some not-so-great movies. Mm-hmm. In fact, this month, or I should say in November, the movie for November... Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, that movie happened. It did. And then there was actually a sequel. What? Yes. Yeah. And you know what the sequel is? More dragoning. We know you nerds will buy anything part two. (laughs) I'm scared to watch it. I have it, but I'm scared to watch the part two one. Oh. Well, you'll never get those brain cells back. Oh, probably not. I have seen part two, and I'll tell you right now, you can keep my money. I just want my two hours back. Listeners, you can become a VIP and you can help Major Spoilers out. You can help us do more shows. You can make sure that Zach doesn't get 
drawn away into some weird basketball thing that happens uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Mm. Fast guys. Paul. Let's make this happen. Let's keep Zach around. Let's keep Zach, Zach around. Yeah, yeah. Car keep wash. Zach. <laughs> we want Zach. Wait, no. this is members. Zach. Major spoilers. He's got the, they could do a car wash haircut and he's got the thick smart guy glasses that are i think pretty much decorative he calls them nope. his spectacles he's a great kid we need All zach needs to do is grow an uh, ironic beard mm-hmm. okay. my beard in no way presuming is ironic zach because and he uh, needs to wear a sweater with his red right. shirt i almost threw a cardigan on today because it's getting kind of cold but uh, i didn't want to be Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, thank you for everyone who's helped out. And let's let's try Batman. to get more. Here's the cool thing. When we hit six thousand members, yes. and we're about five thousand away. <laughs> <laughs> when we hit six thousand members, this is a cool thing. On on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, when I take my son to a soccer practice, I do ask major spoilers on our Twitter feed. The uh, at major spoilers is the Twitter feed, and we do a thing where you can ask any question and you'll get an, an answer back. May not always be the answer you're looking for, but you get an uh, an answer back. And the question is, so what are the More next two shows? Spoilers. Listen, when we hit our 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 funding goal, when we hit six thousand members, two new podcasts. We've got a radio drama on anthology series that we're going to launch. And we've got a new gaming podcast. You want more podcasts from Major Spoilers? We'll also be launching our Finally Friday show, right? Where we sit down every Friday, take call-ins, chat with you, do a whole bunch of cool things. More great things are happening just around the corner. Members.majorspoilers.com. Let us do some reviews. I didn't even look to see where we were for books, but it uh, looks like we've got a good sampling this week. Isn't all Dark Horse, isn't all independent comics. In fact, this week I picked up a DC comic book. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I kind of, after about the first 12 issues, and some of them first six issues, some of them first issue, I kind of was like, eh, I need to step away from superhero stuff Mm -hmm. for a while. And um, just recently I said, well, I'm going to get back in and I'll start reading some more uh, DC comics and start kind of where I got into DC comics a long time ago with Batman. And so I've been picking up and reading Zero Year from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Um... It's been a really good run, Zero Year, and it all concludes in Batman number 24. It's an oversized issue that basically ties into Detective Comics number 27. You know, that iconic cover where Batman's got the guy around, the grappled around the neck, and they're swinging, and that one guy is being in trouble. Yes, he does have actually purple gloves in this issue. Yeah. And he does use a gun, but it's a gun filled with uh, a beanbag. Oh. It's, it's a beanbag gun, gun filled with kittens. Yes. <laughs> so what this ends up being then is the culmination of the Red Hood story, and it all culminates at the Ace Chemical Factory. And there are some really cool moments in here. There's this part where Batman is basically saying, "This is my city," and the Red Hood gang has been terrorizing uh, Gotham for a while, basically doing whatever they do. And Batman blacks out the city, so if you're flying above it in a helicopter, you just see this giant bat symbol, somewhat like the bat symbol that we see in the Dark Knight Rises movie, you know, burning on the on the bridge yeah. uh, kind of thing. Um, there are some very cool moments in here, uh, but there are things that you're going to recognize if you're a long-term, uh, long-time Batman fan. Batman and the Red Hood on top of a uh, scaffold as the factory burns and red hood falling into the vat and then later discovering oh somehow nobody in the vat what's going to happen what does it all mean 
And oh, by the way, let's uh, let's interview, uh, let's introduce uh, the Riddler, the the new Fifty Two Riddler, into this and uh, start a new arc called Dark City. Now we have seen in year one, or I'm sorry, year zero, uh, we have seen Edward Nigma play a critical role in the the doings of the goings on over at uh, Wayne Industries or Wayne Enterprises, Um, and we see Bruce's uh, uncle. Uh, and his involvement with the Red Hood gang, it's all really, really kind of neat, uh, but familiar. Somebody had asked me today, um, what would be a good Batman place to start? And if you've never really read any Batman comics, I really see no issue with you picking up the Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo Batman run right now and picking up and reading it. You're going to start off with the five-year-later uh, stuff with uh, the Court of Owls, mm-hmm. which is really fascinating, really That's creepy. Good. And then you're going to kick into this uh, zero year stuff, which kind of tells you the origins of Batman in this new 52. Although, from what I understand, this Batman Eternal is also going to do a retelling of the Batman origin. What the Forever. Yeah, we, have to, yes. what the- we have to do a Batman origin every six I, months I know. or else he ceases to exist. But, you know, we joke sometimes when we talk about the new 52 being the ultimate version of the DC universe. Batman Zero Year is really that. Mm-hmm. It is your ultimate version of Batman in a new way that you can get on board with de-aging the hero, uh, expanding the storylines, mm-hmm. all of that good stuff. And it's really good. The problem that I have is that I think the Forever Villains United Together Forever uh-huh. story arc kind of got in the Evil way. Evil is magic. Evil is magic. That's what it is. Evil is magic. I think that got in the way and interrupted the flow of this story because I don't know if it was planned from the beginning for this to be a, however many pages this is, 48 page, 58 page, uh, supersized issue. But this felt like we could have split this in two because there is a moment where you could have split this book easily in two and shipped it in two different months. Mm -hmm. Maybe DC is trying to push this along. Um, but seven bucks for this for this issue mm, yep. is a little steep. Wow. It's got a nice slick cover to it. Is um, that seven ninety nine or six six ninety nine seven dollar book, um, seven twenty five with tax depending on where you're living. Um, but uh, it's a it's a fun story. The art by Greg Capullo is is wonderful. Although I still think a lot of his characters just have the dead eye thing going, which is somewhat creepy. Um, I really don't have a problem with this, and it gets me excited about reading Batman again. Uh, I'm giving this four out of five slices of meatloaf. Um, tad expensive, which I have to ding it down for. Wish it would have been broken up into two issues, which I ding it down for. But four out of five ain't bad, especially when you're talking about Batman. That was out last week from DC Comics. Matthew also out, I'm guessing, last week. Avengers, aye, aye. the Cthulhu Adventures from Sam Humphreys and Andre uh, Lima. What's a, 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 a Arujo. Arujo? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I would say Arujo. All right. Araujo. All right. Araujo. Is that how it is? That's Why don't we ask the person who speaks Spanish? Yeah, let's ask. Hey. <laughs> that's, that's, actually, that's actually my uh, paternal grandmother's maiden name. Oh, really? That's cool. Maybe you're oh, related. Really? Your grandmother's maiden name is the person who speaks Spanish? Yes. It seems a little unwieldy. It's, and it's oh, impossible to say for Spanish. You should have seen know, her right? when she put on the mask at night and went and fought. The the uh, the actual sp- Spanish uh, I, army. I want invaded. you to know, Mister Lopez. I love you like a brother, and I respect everything you do and everything you are. But I would like to quantify what Stephen said. As we will call you the one who speaks Spanish fluently. 
because I speak the good Spanish. <laughs> like an sure. idiot. Never mind. Anyway, Avengers. <laughs> Loco Taco is not speaking Spanish. First of all, <laughs> stop no selling. You've been doing that all week on the Twitter. <laughs> Second of all, don't be mean now. Let's talk I Avengers. Watched, I, I watched both the Dark Knight and a Harry Potter movie in Spanish, and they made no less sense. Uh, Sam Humphreys and Andre Araujo, which is a really cool name, are the team behind Avengers IE, which is where Hank Pym has gone after the events of the Age of Ultron. Hank what is, Pym. What is AI? Is that like he's into some. Artificial intelligence. I know, but is he in some kind of cyber world? Well, no. His team consists of artificial intelligence. Ah, uh, okay. His team is the Vision, uh, the son of Ultron, Victor Mancha, the other son of Ultron. A mysterious LMD life model decoy named Alexis and one of Dr. Doom's rogue Doombots, as well as Hank Pym and Monica Chang, who I think is the same character played by um, Ming-Na in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I think is weird. I may be wrong. The name is different, but I'm almost certain that somebody at one point was like, we're going to introduce this character in the Marvel Universe here. Again, I may be making that up, but sometimes I do remember things that never happened. They have their own helicarrier, and they have a big villain. The villain is a mysterious creature who has inhabited Iron Man's old armor. Do you remember the story about Iron Man's armor coming to life? Extremis? Before Extremis. Iron Man 3? No, no, no. We're talking like 1994. Iron Man's armor came to life. The story is unofficially referred to as Tony's abusive boyfriend. Uh, I believe it was a Kurt Busiek story, but the Iron Man armor that he was wearing basically gained sentience. The Iron Man armor is in this issue, calling itself Demetrius, and it is the main villain. Hmm. Demetrius has gathered artificial intelligences and created his own little world basically sort of a, a revolutionary place full of artificial intelligences that all seem to be monsters i think they're all from world of warcraft and they are housed in a server on an offshore oil rig half of this issue takes place on the helicarrier with the bulk of the avengers ie trying to figure out what they're going to do half takes place with the vision versus the old iron man armor in cyberspace I hate the phrase cyberspace, but there's really no better way to explain it. So as the issue goes through, I really I, I, I'm of two worlds because I like the character interactions, especially Victor Mancha, who uh, you may remember as the cyborg from Runaways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Victor is in this and Victor is still the same character that he was when Brian K. Vaughn was writing Runaways. He's kind of unsure of this whole Avengers thing. And they've paired him up with a Doombot who talks like Dr. Doom. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're on the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, team and they're trying to pull an extraction. And they're like, hey, you two, get over here. And while the guy is yelling orders, the Doombot is, you will address me by my full title. His righteous majesty, Victor Von Doom, first of his name. And by the time he's done with his introduction, they've already gone. It's kind of cool. So is this but, is this uh, series played up as a comedy, or are they just no. injecting funny moments like that? Well, uh, the the Doombot character is played for comedic for relief. comedy, okay. but he's also played as the team sociopath. Ah, he's the character who is there because he has to be basically 
Pym has reprogrammed him. So it's basically Victor Von Doom if you forced him to do what you're doing. The Vision is no longer a robot who turns intangible. He is now a mass of nanobots. So in this issue, he transforms into oh, a hydrofoil. Cool. No, it's not. Oh, well, he I guess yeah, he transforms into a hydrofoil. And he, he, he has these moments where he's doing, well, pretty much everything. I mean, the vision is now ridiculously powerful because he is not a robot any longer. He's not a being. He's a mass of tiny robots, which I kind of hate. I don't know why I kind of hate it. I don't know if I'd hate it any less if they weren't calling him the Vision. I, but, think, uh, I mean, I can, I can. Would you like it better if they you, called him Agent Colson? Well, <laughs> the thing is, like, that's a, it's a different power. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. and and it, it can amount to the same thing of like going through things, mm-hmm. right? But I guess when you said it, the first thing that popped into my mind was Odo from Deep Space Nine. And oh, here's a guy that like can kind of yeah, you know, I mean, morph it's, and transform into all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a sequence where a character is falling, a shield agent is falling, and all of a sudden he's caught by this green net, and the vision is like, that is a honeycomb catch constructed of 386,000 of my nanites. Mm. The vision now is basically the ultimate kind of cop-out in that he can do everything. Yeah. He can do anything and everything because he no longer has corporeal form. It's, I'll be honest with you, it's the same thing they did in the 90s when all of a sudden Iceman was no longer a man covered in ice. He yeah. was a man made of ice. Right, right. Which suddenly took his power from I'm this superhero level power to ridiculous levels of, of way over the top. And the imbalance is not just with the vision. It imbalances the whole team because this issue feels like the vision and his amazing friends. I mean, you've got a founding Avenger on this team and he is playing second fiddle to the vision. You've got five or six other people. Victor gets in some good character moments. Doombot is kind of fun to read about. Alexis is mysteriously mysterious and I'm kind of honestly, if I never read another mysterious character that we don't know anything about or time travel story. I'll probably be set, but all of that comes together and I can, you know, I can get past my whining if it weren't for two things from a writing perspective. This is an interesting issue. It ends with a big manipulative cliffhanger, which makes me unhappy and the art. I can only really describe the art as bloopy. There's, there's kind of an odd roundness to everything including those elements that are meant to be specifically technological things that should be all straight angles. And here, this is clearly a machine machine are not machines. Everything looks kind of organic machines, which I think again, you know, just a personal preference kind of undermines a little bit, the whole artificial intelligence thing. Even when the vision turns into a transformer, he's still kind of a round organic, you know, HR Geiger alien kind of transformer. So I feel like the art and the story are on different pages. And if they were if they were closer together, I might enjoy the book better. Two slices of meatloaf for this issue. Partly if honestly partly because of the the last issue. <gasps> Will he die? I don't know. But I'm not entirely sure that it's enough to drag me back for next issue. I liked issue 1. I kind of liked issue 1 better than this. And I feel like with the sheer number of artificial intelligences and 
robots and you know creatures of the of the east floating around the Marvel universe. Machine <coughs> man. I don't know why I'm doing that so much this week. I think you said think, you had a cold earlier. Yeah, this I have week. a cold. That's what it is. Yes. Uh, no, a tan. That's. It. But yeah, <laughs> if you have all these characters floating around, I'm not entirely on board with creating four new ones for the book. I know. I know why they did it. Two slices of meatloaf. I'll check next issue. It's not necessarily going to be a must buy for me. And I think this book is going away in 2014 in the Big Avengers relaunch, isn't it? Uh, well, like I said uh, earlier, when we were talking about all the uh, the big to dos and the hoo has, the Avengers the AI uh, go ten thousand years into the future, not a million, so, because that would really screw up. Uh, so you're saying it's over nine thousand? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Okay. Well, ten thousand is. Um, okay, so another book. We got a DC out of the way. We got a Marvel out of the way. Last week, Image Comics saw a book that I thought a lot of people were very interested in. Uh, Rocket Girl number one. Yeah. Rocket Girl number one from uh, Brandon Montclair and artist Amy Reader. It's a cool book. Um, the premise is... There is a 15-year-old cop from the future, and the future in this book is 2013. Her name is Dayoung. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's how I'm going to say it. It's Dayoung. So she comes from a world in 2013 um, that is much more uh, sci-fi futuristic than us, and not like dystopian, but like super awesome flying car future. And they also have a teen... NYPD division, which is confusing, but I guess, whatever. Like, why can't we have teen cops, I guess, besides child labor laws? I mean, sure. We had 21 Jump Street, and they went into high school. Okay, but they were all in their 30s. Right. Pretending to be in Oh. And so there is a there is a moment where, uh, I mean, we start back in the, we start in the book, and we, there, she is going back to 1986 to stop... Uh, what is the Quin Quin Quintum Mechanics? They do something. We haven't really found out what they do yet that shapes the future into what we see in 2013, and they don't like it because it's all dirty. They they pretty much Quintum Mechanics owns New York City essentially. But uh, her police commissioner, who also looks to be about 15. Um, but he does sport that classic uh, police commissioner like pencil stash. Mm-hmm. Which oh, yeah. That's a nice touch. Does, That's nice. Does he say, <laughs> I'm getting too old to be in this job. I think I'm going to retire at the end of the day. No, oh, but I, I feel like time I'm... Cop, <laughs> time cop, go back in time and change the future. I've No, he's he he's uh, smoking a stogie and has super cool futuristic sunglasses on and is hesitant. He's like, I don't think you should go back because what happens Let when you start changing thing. with things? But eventually I feel like there's going to be a I'm too old for this line because it just feels like this kid in spirit is about 56. Right. Wait, so that's cool. You're saying that 56 is old. No. At least he didn't say 42 was yeah. old, Matthew. This guy is like 30. <laughs> so old. So old. What was, that, what was that in Star Trek where the kids were, uh, what would they shout in that Star Trek episode where it was like Double Planet of the Kids? No, no, no. Oh. It was a... Where grubs, the whole, grubs, yeah, grubs. <laughs> bonk, bonk on the head. Bonk, bonk. That's right. <laughs> that's probably what the future's like. All run by kids. It's yeah. like uh, 
Oh, what the... F- nah. I'm Aaron off Owen. with my references tonight. It's what like was the, the uh, Children of the Corn? No, 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 no. What, well, it could be like that. <laughs> but what was that uh, Scott Bio uh, movie from way back in the day where they were all little kids and they were driving around in like 1930s pedal cars? Bugsy Malone. That's right. Bugsy yeah. Malone. Wow. I'm so glad I'm here to serve as your cultural <laughs> reference touchpoint. Because I'm old enough to remember what you don't, but have a better memory. Oh, I was just thinking about that the other day, and I was like, oh, yeah, Bugsy Malone. Oh, uh, yeah, that? Bugsy Malone. Yeah, Jodie Foster was in that, see? I think that was a movie that John Kennedy fell in love with her. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, back to was Rocket it? Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time yeah, Cop yeah. from the Future. Right, so she goes back into the 80s to try to stop quantum mechanics from doing... Something, some big event that propels them into taking over the city. Uh, but in, thankfully, she just ends up right in their lab when she jumps back in time. How convenient. And it seems like she's building a relationship with these people. And that eventually she's going to have this dilemma of like, uh, should I stop these people that I'm friends with now because I don't like the way the future is? Or should I do the cop thingy? Which is cool because the main character is cool. The cop thingy. Yeah. The cop thingy. You know, the right <laughs> thing or whatever. Do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Rocket girl. Hey, hey, rocket hey, girl. Hey, hey. Do the right thing. <laughs> you gotta remember one thing. You know that one thing? Yeah, man. Do the right thing. Do the right thing, Rocket that Girl. It? Turn, That's it. Turn it That's down, it. Rocket Girl. Turn it down. <laughs> and I, I I like this character. She uh her her suit, which I believe is what allows her to time travel. Pick, starts picking up the frequencies from the police scanners, and she goes out and stops some um, uh, murderer at an arcade, and she's all like, wiki, wiki, push, push, ninja skills. And I think she actually time travels in the page because there's this uh, two-page spread where she's trying to get away from the cops from arresting her because she like took out this dude. And the way the panels... I've I've looked at it like several times and I can't figure out the right way to read it, but I think it's because she's actually time traveling slightly while she's battling these guys. If as that's true, that's even cooler because this suit the suit looks awesome. It looks good on her. It's a full covering suit. There's no like, uh, oh look at all of her girly parts in this book, which I appreciate a whole lot. And the art is super. Super pretty. I've never uh, read any of uh, what's her name, Amy, Amy, Reader. Amy Reader's art before, but Rodrigo said that she he he likes her art. Um, what has she done previous? I don't know. She did that Halloween Eve one shot. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, here I have it sitting right here. Oh, look at that. I forgot those in my stack of books that I picked <laughs> up last week. <laughs> Yeah, I now at at any point does she pack her bra- her bag last night pre flight? No. This will it be zero hour control to Major Tom? Is she going to be high as a kite? Yeah, they do actually advertise Halloween Eve in the back of the book. Yeah. Does she miss the Earth so much and miss her wife? No, I don't think she's married. She's only fifteen. Oh, well, it's the future. That's true. She's a rogue cop in the future. No, I don't think she's rogue. She she got the the her boss's permission to go back. Yeah, she's. So, so what's the uh, bottom line here, Zach? Bottom line, this is a good book. I'm totally checking this out next week. This is a this is a three and a half slices of meatloaf. Good nice. stuff. Is this good coming out here. like every two weeks? 
You said you were looking forward to checking it out next week? Well, like he's going to like buy next it. Issue. Oh, okay. Oh. But that's what I was asking. Does it come out every two no, weeks? I think it's every month. Oh, okay. Did I say, every, did I say next week? You said next week, yeah. Didn't mean it. Okay. Well, I, just, I mean, I that's not uncommon. You, meant you were going to like go out and buy it. Yeah. It, it just depends on the publisher purchase. these days. You never know yeah. on some of these books they're going to release uh, three times a year or right. you know four times a month or ten times a month or whatever it is. So Rocket Girl from Image Comics out last week. Which means it's time to get to uh, Dark Horse Comics, a book coming out this week. Be a long, long time. Kiss me, Satan. Till Dark Horse Comics kisses Satan now. What you got for us, Rodrigo? Right. So, Kiss Me Satan is <laughs> number two, is a book. Um, it's funny when he says it. It's a, it's a comic book um, about. Satan's and they're all trying to smooch each other. <laughs> I, I would imagine that Satan tries to slip it's, a lot of tongue. It's gross. Hey, Rodrigo. Uh, what's up? Will, will you say something for me and make it sound really kind of awesome? Uh, sure. I'll have the decaffeinated half calf. Uh, I have the decaffeinated half calf. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It was just a joke for me. I'm sorry. All right. Move on. So, no, if you guys remember, this is a story about a guy who is used to, he used to be a Satan, but now oh, right, he right. is a uh, bounty hunter type guy who is trying to clean up his act by doing non-Satan-y jobs. Does so he, he has to Satan's? Um, he, he sometimes is accosted by Satan's, but um, he needs to protect some witches from some werewolves is what happened last time. So in this in this issue, that's what he does. Some a a vampire bounty hunter shows up, tries to get the witches, but he fights her and beats her, and then they run away some more. Uh, it's you know the it's him and a like the old like coven leader lady, and then three progressively younger witches like probably one who's like in her 30s and like one in her 20s and one that's probably a teenager um and it's an interesting dynamic and we see that a lot more in this book than we did in the last one because you because uh it uh the other one was all about setting up the werewolves and and the initial conflict so i am interested in that dynamic of him and the witches and and what that uh, what that ends up being. We see the witches fight and they can fight. Um, so that's cool. And uh, at the end, they find themselves um, accosted by uh, zombie ninjas Ooh. and have to fight them. And then once they beat them, they find some more zombies that they need to deal with. Are these with. zombies sentient? Are these like smart zombies? I mean, no, no, they're not. They are. And, and that is becomes important because they kind of figure out that something's controlling them, like something's mm. actively moving them around. Are they fast zombies or slow zombies? Yeah, they seem to move without too many problems. They're 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 pretty weak though, so a good yeah. good solid hit kind of makes, the yeah, makes them fall apart. <laughs> Chainsaw to the face, right? Right. It's it's the base. The base ninja class is is already not very sturdy, and then. Right. Uh, you know, becoming a zombie doesn't add any hit dice. So yes, might actually remove some. Yeah, it might. 
Um, so the art is fine. I didn't have any problems with it. There's a booty in it in this. If you if you're into that, um, all around, I would say this earns a solid three slices of meatloaf. It's mean, interesting. I'm sorry. Like a pirate treasure. Um, sure, pi- pirates were into it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably where mermaid where the myth of mermaids came from <laughs> dugongs yes anyway uh no there's not there's there's not any of those just a booty um <laughs> <laughs> oh manatee sweet manatee your bristly mustache tickles me <laughs> in places no one ever sees my sweet and loving manatee <laughs> what did you do as a child uh, Believe me, <laughs> no. He he lived in a boxcar. <laughs> Actually, no. I was traveled from town to town. Yeah, he traveled, having he adventures traveled. with his crazy sidekick. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, what was your what was your cousin Elwood? Cousin Elwood, right? And their uh, and their uh, little robot K nine, right? Right. <laughs> He had a little, uh, like, what is it, like a bindle? Like a little, <laughs> a little, 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 little stick, a little, 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 little bag <laughs> hanging from it. Yep. Wandering from town to town, having adventures. Yep. Helping that people was, out. That, that's what, hulking out. Yeah. <laughs> not not getting a ride from, and, uh, by the freeway. And apparently getting intimate with manatees. So yeah. That's but, all you need to know. Well, eventually, he would have made it to Florida. That's a, I didn't write that song. That's a traditional pirate ditty. <laughs> <laughs> ditty's a good word. Oh, I'm, I'm having a good night, kids. <laughs> Whatever they gave me for my cold is working. So like cough syrup. <laughs> Scissor. So yes, I'm going to say three slices of meatloaf for Kiss Me Satan number two. This one had zombies, werewolves, witches, and Satans. That's got to be awesome, right? Um, it's pretty good so far. Cool. Hey, if you guys like Future Cop stuff, Future Cop. Um, there's a video on Vimeo. I, I was going to look and see if I posted on the site. I kind of think I have. Um, but look for this video called From the Future with Love. It's all about the future where um, the police, not really are mobsters, but essentially you have to pay pro- you have to pay for various levels of protection. And if your coverage doesn't like, <laughs> insure, you know, if, what if your insurance mm-hmm. was went to the police? It's mm-hmm. a really, rather interesting uh, video. <laughs> And uh, go check it out. It's called From the Future with Love. It's a little independent thing. And it's it's really, really cool. Interesting. I'll put it up on the site if uh, people are interested in checking it out. Speaking of the site, you can go over there and you can find many, many, many more reviews. Majorspoilers.com. And if you like in-depth reviews, make sure to join us uh, at least every Thursday, sometimes on Wednesdays, but at least every Thursday. Matthew every and I other sit down. Wednesday and or Thursday. Uh, Matthew and I sit down on a little podcast called Dueling Review, where we chatted up about a comic of the week. And if you want to hear more um, in-depth conversations <clears throat> with Zach about films, be sure to check out Zach on Film every Friday this week. Zach, it's mm-hmm. what? The Artist is what we're talking the about this week. The Artist from two years ago? 2011. Two years ago. Yep. It's about two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Almost exactly two years ago. What was it being two years ago? You can uh, find that all over at the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. And thank you, everyone, for sharing and sharing and sharing. You know what else is coming up? Oh, we didn't yes. talk about the nine found episodes of Doctor Who. Holy yeah. crap, they found nine episodes of Doctor Who. 
Uh, most of them are all of them from the Patrick Troughton era. They actually found the second, the 11. Second Doctor. 11 were recovered. Two of them were already in the BBC archives. Right. Mm. But yes, they, they uh, recovered nine episodes, which I believe completed two separate serials that had been incomplete since, God, 1967? Mm. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Amazing. Everybody's like, oh, what does this mean? I'm like, it means there's more Doctor Who. Shut up. Yeah, it means there's a lot of cool Doctor Who coming out. And, you know, um, I think that there's probably going to be a lot more found. What was really cool about this is the BBC were kept uh, saying, no, 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 no new episodes have been found. No new episodes have been found. All the while, they're behind the scenes remastering these yeah. and cleaning them up so that the day that they made the announcement, they're also like, oh, by the way, you can watch these now over at iTunes mm -hmm. and check them out. Technically, BBC didn't say anything. People would be like, is it true? Is it true? And BBC is like. No, they actually said, no, they, it's not true. They denial? said, no, oh, we have okay, not true. found any new episodes. We have not found any lost episodes. Yeah. Um, how dare how you dare even, those people. even imply that we found any episodes of Doctor Who? <laughs> With their face jerks. It, it should be noted, though, as, as many people have mentioned, the ones that they found were, I believe, in, was it Nigeria? Nigeria, mm -hmm. yep. Okay, so... If you're going to be looking throughout Africa and Australia and places like that, you're going to be limited to what was actually sent to places like that. There are some serials that were not sold to the overseas broadcasters in the same level. So I'd love to see all of it come back. But, I mean, there are right now there are only 97, three, 97 episodes still missing. There are only three Holy serials crap. that are completely missing. But you got to understand, Zach, uh, the Doctor Who used to be serialized to where each story had four to six and sometimes 25 episodes. See, I was looking at the recovered stuff on iTunes and it seemed like there was like two. I can't remember what they were called. Uh, uh, one of them is uh, Web of Web of Web something, of, yeah. web, of the web of Fear. Web of Charlotte's Web. And, it's not the web. Um, it's Enemy of the World oh. featuring uh, the second Doctor, Patrick Troughton, in a dual role as both the Doctor and the villain Salamander. Then there was mm. the Web of Fear. Oh, there it is. The Web of Fear is important because the Web of Fear, I believe, had the first appearance of Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. Yeah, he was a lieutenant. He was just a colonel. Yeah, or colonel or whatever, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the fact that these completed two serials, I think, is pretty awesome. I mean, that, yeah, that's cool. If you look at it, that's the biggest chunk of Doctor Who in 20, 25 years, I want to say. It's almost like a full season now from the BBC. Yeah. <laughs> and the enemy of the world well, is now you gotta only remember the that second. They're longer. A lot now. of the chapters were much shorter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a the time. Thing. Enemy of the world means that there are now two and only two completed second doctor stories completely in existence. Which I think is pretty bizarre considering that he did what four seasons. I think, I think more will turn up. I mean, uh, these were sent out to 24 different countries mm -hmm. all on film uh, and then those were parsed out in a variety of different ways. So somewhere there are these remaining 97 episodes. I think it really is the motivation factor. And that's what I get to in an article that I wrote a couple of weeks ago or this past week because people were like, oh, my God, Stephen predicted that they were going to be finding a whole bunch of, of episodes. And it's kind of like nothing's really ever truly lost anymore. And if you sure. just do the math, somewhere out there, these those episodes are, are, are there and sitting collecting dust on a shelf that no one just bothers to give any attention to because there's no monetary value mm -hmm. to it. And the minute that the monetary value is applied to any of these <clears> missing <throat> episodes, someone's going to be motivated to go, you know what? 
we used to run Doctor Who back in the day. Why don't we go back into the archive or the cold storage across town and see if any of that stuff's still there? Mm-hmm. And I bet we're going to find those episodes if people would put a bounty on uh, those missing episodes. Well, basically, the, or the first three the other years thing, were entirely destroyed. The other thing could be, too, Matthew, that BBC already has another 10, 15 just waiting. Yeah. And in a couple more weeks, they'll say, hey, we found some more, and they're now available on iTunes by now. And, oh, we found some more. Go buy them available yeah. now on iTunes. But I think they're doing this as all part of the um, uh, Doctor Who 50th anniversary celebration. And in 50 years, Matthew, Doctor, the Doctor has uh, fought a number of different villains. And it got me thinking, what would yes. happen if we started matching these villains against one another? The world would end. You know what? You know what it would be. What? It's time. That really didn't parse, but nonetheless, it is time. Yes, and I think it's a very good idea to make them fight each other for the major spoilers. Monster a go go fighty fighty kick and punch. Oh, the week week week. Well, the good thing is, if they're fighting each other, they're not trying to attack Earth, which Yet. Earth is always like this nexus point for everything. Right. Yet. Well, yeah, Earth is where all the all the cool stuff is. So Matthew and I sat down and we started looking at some kind of cool, maybe not so cool monsters, hey, or villains in the um, in the fifty years. Guys, these guys, guys are very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they both are. Sure they are. Because they live in ice. Yes. So this week, we are pitting the ice warriors mm-hmm. against the, the Yeti. And if I'm not mistaken, Matthew, uh, some yes. of the new uh, episodes that were found include the Yeti. Correct. Um the Yeti are actually robots. Yes. And they first appeared in 1965 in the Abominable Snowman 67. fighting the second Doctor. 67? Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. And at one point, they were controlled by the Supreme something great the intelligence. Supreme, the great body. intelligence. I don't like that guy. He's a schmuck. But the Yeti are awesome in that they are guys in fur coats with little big flashlights in their faces. And I think that they're pretty cool. And I think they're they just look like they, hello, can I give you a hug? Oh, (laughs) look, I broke this one. Can I give you a hug? If you've ever seen the fifth doctor or the five doctors from 1983, the the second doctor appears uh, and there are Yeti in the episode. Mm -hmm. But apparently the Yeti costume had really, really degraded. Oh. So the Yeti was kind of seen in shadow and they looked like they're big round penguiny guys and they looked like they were kind of hopping. And I'm like, oh, I want to hug you. Hello, I'm a Yeti. So the ice warriors are actually Martians. Correct. Um, they are the wearing, native species of Mars. Wearing and they look, you know, big and scaly and reptile reptile like um, mainly because of this big armor that they're wearing on their outsides. Yes. But they look uh, scary and impressive nonetheless. So, armor-bound ice warriors, or soft and cuddly little yetis, who's going to win in a fight, Rodrigo, go? I think that um, you have to really consider that when you're dealing with robots, even even with your super hardy Martians and their awesome armor, a robot will be able to swing things in its favor in such a way where, like, oxygen's not going to be an issue. Oh, sure, sure. Or, you know... Fire. Fire's not necessarily going to be an issue. If you burn that fur off of them, they're probably still going to be okay. Right. 
Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to the Yeti, especially if they're being actively controlled by some kind of superior great intelligence. intelligence. Curse right. the great intelligence for giving me pain receptors <laughs> as they're burning. <laughs> Zach, what about you? Uh, I was gonna base this one solely off costume uh-huh. and name and say, well. Why do the Ice Warriors not have anything ice-related on them? That was a silly naming convention. But then I actually read some stuff about them, and I was like, well, the description of the Ice Warriors seems to be very differing depending on what form it is. So I can only assume that these things can change shape in some weird convoluted way. And that the Yetis are robots, and I didn't like that. And that they're... they're controlled by the greater, some greater intelligence? Because, like, what if he gets corrupted? I don't know what the greater intelligence is, but it sounds corruptible. I'm pretty sure it's already corrupt. There you yeah, go. Yeah, he's, he's a bad thing. Yeah. And so, and then what if he just has some weird agenda where he actually, like, falls in love with an ice warrior, and then he doesn't want the yetis to kill the ice warrior? So I'm going to give it to the ice warriors. Hmm. <laughs> Logical thinking. Did, did you you hear right. that, Moffat? Someone's coming for your job. That's right. <laughs> Oh, Lord, help us all. <laughs> uh, what does this guy only have to have 12 regenerations? Yeah. Eh, here's a regeneration for you and a regeneration for okay. you. Okay, guys, how about this? The doctor needs to find 12 candy bracelets. <laughs> we'll call it gonna run. the key to candy bracelets and or time. The key to Candyland. And then it will feature River Song. And yes. Weeping Angels in every and, episode. And Tom and Baker. The, the king of the candy bracelets will be voiced by Sir Ian Magneto. Yes. Um, for me, I went with the Ice Warriors simply because robots. Right? Matthew, what about you? Robots. Wait. What? You what? went with the Ice Warriors because not robots? Yeah, because why would you want to... How, here's a big magnet, robots. I want to hug it. <laughs> Curse the great intelligence for giving oh, me I pain see, receptors. <laughs> You know, and the great intelligence probably would give the Yeti pain receptors. He's hey, Moffat, I wouldn't worry quite as much. <laughs> Matthew, what about you? Well, and plus you get a robot wet with your ice thing, you know? Ice you no, you thing. don't turn it wet because then they turn into gremlins. Yeah, then you'd they, have they, like a ton of replicate. Yeti. And then they want to watch <laughs> Snow White and eat all the popcorn and chase you around with an electric chainsaw. Still the Ice Warriors. Yeti! What about Yeti you, Matthew? Is about Yeti. <laughs> Yeti. Uh, for me. Like tickling Zach. <laughs> I got the reference. Yay! Zach got a reference. See, see that's that's why we're making that's you watch why we these do movies. these things. Put a gold star on his behavior chart. For me, <laughs> as probably the, I'm going to say, asterisk oldest fan of Doctor Who, because Stephen will always be older than me, and in fact probably watched Doctor Who before me, but as we have referenced in this very episode, I remember things. I had to break this one down, and what it really came down to, to me, would be, in each case, you're going to be dealing with swarms or armies thereof, and the Yeti are like, we are Yeti, rah, 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 rah. the Yeti kind of look like the Grimace, only with a big rubbery head that has flashlights in it. Whereas the Ice Warriors are sneaky, scary, bad. And I'm going to admit a tiny bit of, I think there's there's probably a little bit of bias because the Ice Warriors have appeared in modern Doctor Who. Yeah. And they have a modern expectation of their form, which was pretty bad when you look oh, at yeah, it. Oh, yeah, and you would look it at the was, original it was, ones. It was, it's kind of like we're looking at the first Cybermen. 
Hey, I couldn't yeah. they wrapped aluminum foil around that guy's head. <laughs> and that what's with the accordion? Safe. But yeah, uh, you know, I love the first Cyberman. The guy's wearing toques and accordions and walking around. You just expect him to, to have Canadian accents and come out and go, hey, hello. Oh, we've oh, come to kill Jay. Is, is that gold, eh? Oh, we were wondering. Have you seen a Tim Hortons? We wanted some Tim Hortons. We wanted a maple bacon log because our people are completely, totally powered by that, eh? So, um, uh... I went Ice Warriors because if you're going to have two invincible armies, yes, the robots are going to be problematic, and I believe that. But what it's going to come down to, to me, is in a long, grinding battle, you know, the, the space battle of the, the Verdun or whatever it is, you're going to have these robots. They're going to get blown up. You're going to have the Ice Warriors. They're going to get hurt by their lizards, so they grow new limbs. There you go. You know, I'm thinking that the Ice Warriors eventually will just grind the Yeti down due to superior uh, tech, tactical prasms. Well, the cool thing is uh, over at Majorspoilers.com, where this poll is located, you can go over there and vote. People are commenting on why they voted. Mike says, I have to go with the Ice Warriors. They're tough and such. Uh, Mother <laughs> says, the yes. Yeti, without the great intelligence, are really just garden variety thugs. Ice Warriors for the win. Ice Warriors says Kirby. Uh, Ingrid says, I simply have to be contrarian here. The Ice Warriors are imposing and armored. The Yeti are furry and delightfully odd-looking, or at least lower-budget-looking. However, <laughs> everyone knows that when it comes down to highly skilled, advanced, armored, heavily weapon warriors and a race that could be described as furry or cuddly, furry and cuddly wins. I'm voting Yeti. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the Lucas yeah, defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ewoks versus oh, AT-ATs. Oh, uh, I feel like the Yeti would lose out to the more technologically advanced and organized Ice Warriors, says Pierce. Matthew, we've got a couple hundred people, I think, uh, have uh, voted. Oh, no, we haven't even got 100 people voting yet. I got 80 people, but A couple hundred million people. 100, 100 million people. Of those 100 million people, 80 of them say, yeah, okay. Uh, 78% saying, Ice Warriors for the win, 22% saying Yeti. Again, I think there's some bias in that the Ice Warriors are, as of right now, better known. Mm -hmm. Because the Yeti haven't appeared, to my knowledge, in uh, oh, canonical television-y stuff since 1983. Yeah, no, they haven't appeared in any of the new stuff. Now, they've appeared in the um, expanded uh, IDW. They've appeared in the IDW uh, 12 Doctor series that's going on, the 50th anniversary thing. Oh, yeah? The, yeah, they... Yeah, they appeared in that, uh, so you Did can go they? check that out. Yep. And I'm a couple episodes behind them. And because of, I think they actually appeared in, or briefly in, the second issue, the Patrick Troughton issue. Hmm. Which is uh, fitting. I find it interesting that both of these uh, villains actually come out of the same year. Yep. Yep. 67 was a pretty good year for Doctor Who. I guess it was. Listeners, well, head over to com. Head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can cast your vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week. And because this is the 50th anniversary of the Doctor and there are so many deliciously evil bad guys, <laughs> we're going to keep this up for the next couple of weeks. All so, right. Yeah. Zach, bone yeah. up on your Doctor Who. Boning up. And, um, don't, and don't ever say that again. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new ringtone <laughs> for when Zach calls boning up. Yeah, just, um, just make sure you add like a little <laughs> sci-fi. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sonic screwdriver sound effect. Oh, I may have to put that over at the members.majorspoilers.com. Or maybe just a website. <laughs> um, so next week, we're going to have two more villains, mm -hmm. and then two more mm -hmm. villains, and then two more villains, and then we're going to put a twist to it. And hopefully, if we've got it all calculated outright, yeah. by the time we hit the 50 or the um, 
uh, Thanksgiving 50th anniversary special, whatever that is, mm-hmm. yeah. we should be at our ultimate battle. <gasps> yes. And someone and remember, will have to kids. commit the ultimate sacrifice. <gasps> what this means is that <laughs> you're, you are hinging this on Training Steven's so well. ability to do math. And even if I don't, big deal. Right, just, just go online, get a March Madness thing, and just cross yeah, out all of the team up. names. <laughs> so, uh, which by the way, will be the Ice Warriors. A lot of a lot of these would make great basketball teams. Oh yeah, the Ice Warriors, the, the, Ice Warriors, Warriors, the Yeti, yeah, the Golden I mean, uh, State Yeti versus the Ice Warriors of Florida State. Those are the probably si- more hockey the, teams. The Cybermen, and then yeah. for the for the women's team, they can be the Lady Cybermen. Oh, oh yeah, because that's what they do instead Pretty of just much. changing it. Yeah. <laughs> The Silver City Daleks. Yep. Can you imagine the wave? Exterminate! <laughs> Everybody just the brings their plungers to the game. <laughs> that would actually market. be really awesome. Is there a plumber convention going on? Oh, man. The, uh... <laughs> like, uh, the Kansas City Ood. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, there's a and big they, controversy they, right like, now. You can get, you get beer, but oh, they yeah, have but it in little spheres. spheres. <laughs> And oh, that, you awesome. just drink it that way. You know, there's yeah. the big uh, thing going on right now about the Washington Redskins and changing the name oh, right. to something else. So maybe this is a perfect oh, opportunity yeah. for some sci-fi oh. people to uh, get in on the act and suggest Absolutely. a name for the Washington Redskins. What would they be? The Washington... Lesbian maybe. Lizards. <laughs> <laughs> weeping Angels. There you go. Uh, the Washington the, Weeping Angels. The, the Washington Vajanarada. What are the... Uh, <laughs> oh, the Washington Silence. Ooh, that's kind of interesting. Right? There you yeah, go. Yeah. Spooky. Oh, spooky, and spooky. then and then you can do kind of a wave thing where like everybody gets like a re- red reflective thing and you just move it from <laughs> side to side. <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> oh, listeners, if you want to pick up some uh, good uh, Doctor Who uh, novelizations from the expanded universe, maybe you want to get some of the Blu-ray uh, DVDs of uh, the last couple of seasons of yeah. Doctor Who, what you need to do is you need to head over to Majorspoilers.com, click on that Amazon.com link, that will take you to the Amazon site where you can buy, buy, buy your favorite Doctor Who stuff. Holiday's just coming around the corner. Rodrigo needs him to new uh, miniatures for his, uh, his D&D games. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some, um, I don't know. Ooh, I may have some new miniatures coming. <gasps> I don't know if they'll be here before Christmas. Cool. But uh, Kickstarter. Hooray. Yeah, um, has a new box. But you go over there and you make a purchase through Amazon.com. Costs you the same amount. Doesn't cost you anything more. A little bit comes back our way. It helps keep this massive thing that we're trying to keep afloat afloat. I do it every yeah. year. I, What's that? I buy pretty much every, all of the Christmas gifts that I'm going to give on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time I just have them delivered directly to the people that oh, are yeah, getting yeah. them. So I don't have to deal with them. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I do it through the uh, major spoilers link mm-hmm. so that I can then in turn get paid. Yes, that's right. That's uh, People say, what do you do with all that money? Well, we pay our server costs. Mm-hmm. We pay our, our talent. Uh, we pay... <laughs> <laughs> we also pay Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> Dick weed. Uh, I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> You know, in this show, we take turns being the Zoidberg. It's okay. <laughs> oh, one more thing. So, Your check this out. Bad and you should feel bad. I was on the treadmill today uh-huh. and discovered something fascinating. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> just, go ahead. All right. I set myself up for this. Go ahead. All right. I, I was just going to ask, is that an actual treadmill? Yes, or is an that, actual treadmill. Or is that the new, rest, or is that the new <laughs> restaurant they opened on campus? <laughs> no, it is an actual treadmill. Okay, all right. The last time, years ago, when I was on the treadmill, 
uh, I would put my iPod there and I would set it on the little thing, mm-hmm. uh, the little hole thing that you set right, your stuff right. in. And I would walk while I was listening to stuff. The bad thing was these stupid uh, Apple earbuds curse, yeah, if you curse, bob are not. Head, uh, well, if, yeah, if you bob your head, they fall out. Mm-hmm. And the wire is not is just short enough mm-hmm. to where if you're not walking at the right distance, the iPhone keeps falling on the ground. No one wants that. No one wants that because you don't want to drop a you know $500 iPhone on the ground no. and break it and step on it and yeah. crush it because then your dreams are crushed I, just exactly, like your iPhone. Exactly. Right. However, I don't use... Those Apple default earbuds. No one should. And I don't use my big, uh, what are these called? Dr. Dre headphones when I'm walking. Mm -hmm. Instead, I use my tweaked audio headphones. And something amazing that I've discovered is they're just a couple of inches longer than the uh, iPhone uh, earbuds. Mm -hmm. And as you know, Rodrigo, a couple of inches is sometimes all that it takes to make your exercise successful. An interesting way of putting it. Yes. Because I'm not running into the cable, I'm at a comfortable distance, I don't feel like I'm crowded or trying to bend over so that my iPhone doesn't fall on the ground. Furthermore, um, even though the cable is longer, I believe they're built in such a way that they usually don't tangle. No, 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 they don't tangle at all. And they come in- a longer cable is not an issue either. They come in a variety of different colors, a variety of different styles. If I'm exercising and the phone rings, I don't have to pick it up, hello, hello, I just- Got the built-in microphone right there. I can have a conversation with people. Uh, you can just scream at your phone. Act- activate phone. <laughs> <laughs> Call, no, it's actually activate phone. Call 911. <laughs> please. Uh, the best part is you don't have to pay full price for a pair of tweaked audio headphones. When you go to tweakedaudio.com, when you check out, use the checkout code MAJOR and get 30% off the price. Tweakedaudio.com. We thank them for their support. There you go. Boom, 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 boom. What else we got going here? Oh. Mobius. Mobius. Um, apparently a long time ago, there was this French magazine called Heavy Metal that later was uh, translated into English to Heavy Metal, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot... And, and, and it's still going, I'm pretty yes, sure. Yes, it is. Heavy it's Metal. Still is. So, um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um Giro. Jean Giraud, Jean Giraud uh, under the pen name of Mobius, was Mabius. was um, creating a fantastical work of art. And really, when this stuff was translated, I seem to remember some of this stuff, Matthew, yes. um, back in, in the, the uh, 70s and 80s metal. in the in the American version, black and white version of heavy metal. Yes. And over the years, these have been collected into a bunch of different volumes. I think there's six volumes total. Uh, but the one. So. The one that people talk about the most and was one of the reasons why I said, well, maybe we should check this out, is the airtight garage. Mm-hmm. And the garage amitique. <laughs> yes. Of uh, Jerry Cornelius. Or uh, Louis Carnelian, depending. Yes, depending on how it's written. Interesting book, right, Rodrigo? Very interesting. How so? Please fill us in. Well... Uh, this is a story. Okay, well, this is a comic, right? <laughs> yes. Um, that is written to be read in very small installments. Yeah, like two to four pages at a time, yeah, mm-hmm. or or less. I yeah, think yeah. there's some that are like Just a single a one. page. Yeah. Um, and has a story sort that of. is sort of that is somewhat complicated. 
but really the the most complicated thing about it is the structure of it mm-hmm. because yeah. it's not told like there there's like 17 characters mm-hmm. um and the setting of it is a comp- is a super strange like unfamiliar setting mm-hmm. so and the characters talk about it talk about everything that's going on very nonchalantly so you have to pick up everything like everything right down to like the fundamental way in which the universe works which is not the way that the normal universe works from conversations and random things and really side things i mean oftentimes side conversations where it's like two characters standing off in a corner say hey what about the blah 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 and oh look he came through the door and you're like well what do you mean he came through the door right right and it's really it's really weird until at some point you realize that the garage is an asteroid mm-hmm. and right. it houses a pocket universe that Major uh, Gruber uh, has to go and basically patrol and keep this pocket universe in check. And so he can actually jump into different universes uh, very easily and also cause problems by jumping through the, those universes on and off. In some cases, they know who he is and they're actively trying to hunt him right. and mm-hmm. kill him. In other right. places, they worship him as a god uh, and think that he's going to solve well, all their problems. Uh, in other places, they don't even recognize yeah, they're, they're him. Not they, they're not him. aware of him at all. Um, but as you start to read this book, I guess my problem is this makes no sense. There is nothing no, here it, that makes sense. And you it, literally are going to have to push yourself mm-hmm. to really get through this book. You're going to have to push yourself harder than any Grant Morrison book you've ever read to really make heads or tails of what's going on. And probably about what the halfway point, would you say, Zach? That's when yeah. things start to kind of come together and you start to see coalesce. these bemillion storylines starting to coalesce. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, you know what this is? What is it? This is the comic book equivalent of James Joyce. This is Finnegan's Wake in comic book form. It's, I mean, it's almost that same stream of consciousness sort of thing where, oh, and now all of a sudden there's a guy who's an archer and, and well, then we're sure. back over yeah. here. And, and his hat is magic. And so what, what Mo, Mobius, Mabius, Mabius basically said, Hey, this whole story is improvised. There's no, right, right. there's no set structure to this. I am deliberately going in and improvising everything that happens from uh, chapter to chapter and sometimes right. panel to panel and page to page. I'm I mean, glad that was made like aware, like right in the very beginning of the book. Otherwise I just would have inferred it and I would have yeah. hoped that's what it was. But now that's yeah. nice that you actually know. Yeah, like, yeah. There was no set structure. Because I mean, because he this. talks. I think in the in the book itself, like in some mm-hmm. prologue, mm-hmm. it uh, he mentions that he would draw a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then he would draw the rest of the comic around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I think we've all kind of done that, can, right? I mean, haven't you, you done that tell. when you're editing? When you're like, oh, oh sure, here are sure. these three shots that work perfectly together. Now let me structure the rest of this around. Those three. Yeah, bits. but but see, that's the thing is like the when you're editing, you already have all your footage. Right, this right, would right. be yeah. the equivalent of getting yeah, those three shots shooting, together yeah. and then going back out and yeah, shooting yeah. everything so that maybe it makes sense with this other stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's there's also stuff in here that is clearly him having fun with what do I want to draw today? Today I'm going to draw a Will Eisner spirit thing and mm-hmm. then I'm going to make it fit. Well, I'm going to make it part. Well, it's going to be in my story anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, there are moments in here where I'm like, oh my God, these are so, you can almost look at it and see this is a panel 
that he drew and then had to reverse engineer the story to get there. I will say this. The art, I think, is fantastic. It's really, really cool. And it, I don't know, whenever I think of like 70s art posters, um, you know, like um, concert posters, Mm -hmm. I always see kind of this style in it. Um, and that really comes out in a lot of these pages and of course, a lot of the coloring. Now this is a colorized version. Originally it was all black and white, which has caused some controversy in itself, but at least it's somewhat consistent and it works. And from the art side, I really, really love it. And I think this is probably one of the main attractors that I was like, yeah, let's give this a look because the art is so fantastic and you know, his style instantly when you see it anywhere, um, in fact, you know, if you've watched the heavy metal movie, there are yeah, chapters in that that are in that kind of style mm-hmm. that we see. Well, and there's some, I mean, there's some stuff in here that's totally Peter Max and his psychedelic 60s stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's bits in here where I'm like, that's, you know, that's Will Eisner's spirit. That's something that's, you know, influenced by Hergay. You can go through and see just individual panels and go, well, I'm pretty sure that's a riff on Popeye. Mm-hmm. And I, and what's I that, what's that crazy, what's that crazy guy, uh, comic from like the thirties where the flying space George. comet heads. Oh, um, but, 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 Fletcher. Hanks, yes. Fletcher, Stardust, Fletcher Hanks. The C- there Stardust are moments the towards Wizard. the end of this book where I'm like, man, this is like, feels like Fletcher Hanks stuff, but in a good way. And the thing that, that I want to make clear is even though the story is improvised, it's got all the hallmarks of good improvisation in that things come up that aren't what's the word I'm looking for? Not relevant necessary. They're not central to the plot, but they add depth to the characters. And it makes even, you know, minor side characters seem like they have their own little life. There's a point where all the characters are speaking a different language except for the major. And I'm trying to figure out what language is it supposed to be. And he's like, well, it sounds like they're speaking. This sounds like Normandy. I'm like, I don't know what that means. But as you, as you go through it contextually, it fits. I I don't want to say it makes perfect sense because this narrative isn't about necessarily making sense, but it, it fits with what's going on. And then, by the way, your issue is over and you're going to move on to something else. In yeah, and, oh, yeah. And that's what that's what I think one of the most confusing things is suddenly you're following this storyline and then uh, the major shows up and then the story ends. He does something and the story ends and then suddenly you're into your next chapter and it's like a whole bunch of other people that have nothing to do with the previous chapter and some little bit happens. Right. And then we go to another chapter and it's like a different place, a different set of characters. And oh, there's the major again. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of keeps building right. uh, like that throughout. And right. I personally, uh, you know, from a story perspective, I'm not a big fan of this at all. Didn't really mm-hmm. care for it. Art side. Oh my goodness. There's some great art, right. but from the story side, it's just, and maybe you have to read it two to four pages yeah. at a time and you sit back be- and contemplate the universe or the pocket universe maybe. and then come back and digest it some more. But I just, I didn't care for the story. I think a part of it for me that made me lose interest quickly and then almost completely lost it towards the middle last half of it was 
the fact that we were jumping around between stories all the time, but then all of the characters' names were just so crazy. All the places they were going were named so ridiculously right, right. that you couldn't keep <laughs> the story straight and you couldn't keep anyone yeah. name straight. You know, the guy's name was like Major the, Tom. Yeah. That would have been easier to understand. <laughs> that guy what's wrong with Bob? Uh, this no. guy was was Jerry Smith. No, no. that would have that no. made it a lot harder for me. <laughs> what happened? And. Th- I think again the naming conventions and what well, what you foreign, refer to right? as I mean, the it's, story. It's supposed to feel foreign, I think. Well, it's because it was written by a man from no, France. No, okay, it's supposed to feel alien, right? Right. Sure. Yes. But it is it is literally alien to us. I mean, it comes from another culture. Right. It comes from another decade, nineteen seventy six, before most of us were even born. Was when this started well, coming before out. Before half of us were born. Right. Yep. Right. Before that half top of, half. <laughs> before twenty percent of us by volume were born. <laughs> Maybe but, closer to ten percent. Shh, I'm not that fat yet. Zach, Zach is pretty skinny. Uh, yeah, I told you that that misread was she didn't know how to use the counterweight. But I think that it's designed not necessarily to be, you know, like alienating the reader, but it's designed to give you the kind of feeling of we're being we're being told parts of a right, story, right, right, yeah. right. little tiny Rashomon parts of a greater whole. And maybe that greater whole is weird and, and alien and incomprehensible. It's like we're seeing the two-dimensional aspect of a three-dimensional construct. And, you know, it's actually uh, – it's, it's a cylinder, but all we can see is the circle because we're on a sure. two-dimensional plane. Sure. I don't know. I, I loved – Every minute of this. And I've never actually sat down and read the whole garage uh, hermetique in one sitting. But I, like Stephen, I remember chunks of this from the heavy metal comics of our well, youth. I, I just guess the an iconic image that I remember is uh, the general writing on some kind of like bald-headed farting uh, <laughs> ostrich thing, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yes. And I think that's from the and movie, isn't it? I don't believe that there is anything directly from this oh okay all right there there are some things in the movie that definitely uh, the the tarna sequence definitely has overtones of this right right and i think that uh the richard corbin den sequence is definitely in well the original comic version of it i think was influenced by this as well and there there are things where you'll you'll be sitting and they'll be talking about a story and then major gruber will be running around and being all hello i have a pointy hat and in my head, he talks like Blake Edwards, by the way. I don't know why. Not Blake Edwards. Peter Sellers as uh, Inspector Cluzo. But then all of a sudden, we cut to this big thing driving across the desert at 500 miles an hour. And then we're back. It feels kind of like almost a fever dream. But it, it never lost me. It never threw me. Because I was, I was like pouring over it looking for meaning. <laughs> And really trying to lock this down and figure out, okay, so what is going on here? It's 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 what I call the good mystery. Because I, I, I've read it three times this week. I have no idea. Not, not a whit. I got nothing, bugger all, not a sausage idea of what's going on in this story. But I'll be darned if it's not fascinating to sit and, you know, go just a couple of pages at a time and try and figure out what in the world is going on. Yeah. Um, others? I, 
after a few, really after a few chapters, um, probably just a couple, I figured that the best way to approach this text was to not try to make sense of it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I just, if there was anything that I didn't understand, I would just gloss over it. I'd be like, okay, um, this will either become important or not become important. And right around, I mean, like you said, right around the halfway point, I recognized enough shapes (laughs) that I was like, oh, I can tell kind of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for someone who isn't uh, interested in in basically sussing everything out, right? um, that's probably the way to approach it. And it can still be enjoyable because you're still looking at the art. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But you're not beating yourself up because this thing doesn't actually make sense. It mm-hmm. doesn't completely make sense. Right. right. And it's not going yeah. to. Yeah. Zach? And it's not it's not meant to. Yeah. Uh really great for art. I I got to about the point uh the last quarter of it. I just said, no, I'm done reading. I'm just flipping through the page. So you missed the whole flying fight sequence stuff? No, I looked at the art. Oh okay. and the art was really cool, but I did not care what was actually happening because I didn't know I didn't understand, but I said, dang, this is really cool to look at. Matthew, do you think, and anybody can jump in, I guess, on this. No, ask me. Do you guys think that part of it could be, number one, this is a um, international comic book, uh, you know, foreign book, and different culture um, being infused in it? Uh, And do you also think that it's a time period issue where this book was done in the 70s? And stories are not necessarily told this way, like I said, Grant Morrison a little bit uh, here. Um, but do you think that those are, you know, it's just we are too far removed from this culture and time to fully appreciate what was going on? Well, I mean, I, I tried to, I, I honestly tried to look and see if, sorry, Matthew, I honestly tried to look and see if there were any critical analysis of this volume to see what people were talking about and why it's important and what makes it fascinating and you know, what was really going on and there really wasn't anything out there. I mean, these Facebook pages that are out there are dead pages. Mm -hmm. The only other stuff I can find were all links to people's various pages of buy this edition, buy this edition, buy Mm -hmm. this edition. And then the Wikipedia entry, which doesn't provide a whole lot of information in itself. But Matthew, go ahead. I'm sorry. The Wikipedia does provide one thing that I think is the missing piece because yes, the factor of a 40-year-old work is in play. And the factor of a translated work into English is in play. But the, the, the missing piece of the triad, the three-legged stool that holds up this particular thing is uh, maybe you s- improvised on purpose to be occasionally confusing. Sure. So he went, I mean, he went out of his way and was like, you know, e- either... It doesn't matter if this doesn't make sense, or maybe I want this to not make literal narrative sense, because it's not meant to be a literal narrative tale. I mean, when you get down to it, this is, to some degree, a character study of Gruber. But most of what we see of him, especially the parts where, you know, his head is covered in jam, aren't necessarily particularly... I guess they aren't really character-driven moments. They aren't really necessarily flattering moments. And yet he's still kind of our central person. And this is a a weird alien landscape in a weird alien place. 
I think that this was intentionally designed to have the temperament of a fever dream where all of a sudden you're talking, you know, to your mom and she turns into a lizard and then you and the lizard go off and drive around in the, in the car from Knight Rider. And that's fine because it's that, that dream narrative doesn't necessarily want you to make sense of it. You're kind of in the moment. You're appreciating whatever is going on in your head, you know? Like, you know, the fever dream I had the other day where apparently we were in boats, but it was it was on concrete rather than on water, but they were still boats and they still kind of floated because there were little three inch channels in the concrete that you could float your boat on. I don't know what it means. All I know is that Ashley Williams was in it and I was totally in love, so it was fine. Hmm. But when when you really break this down, there are characters in here who serve no purpose. And at one point there's a character who looks like who literally is visually the phantom who it turns out is actually not a character at all, but a giant robot piloted by two people who then proceed to stop and have sex for two pages Mm -hmm. before their phantom robot runs again. And then, Oh, his head got cut off because of a portal or, or some shit. And that to me is kind of a wonderful technique of, and then this happened. And now we're over here. Then we come back here. And now we're over here. It's, you know, it, uh, I, I've made the reference before. It's kind of that Windsor McKay, Little Nemo yeah, dreamscape. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, even you get to the point where I make the, the metaphor of you're being told a joke by a five-year-old where he <laughs> has to start over and go back and throw things in and maybe retcon and then start the whole thing over. I, I I love that, and I I love the way that you can read this and appreciate how much fun. Mebus. <laughs> I feel really, 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 uh, just really pretentious when I pronounce it correctly. But when I, I, you go through here and you feel how much fun it felt like the artist was having. Where all of a sudden, yes, there's a plane dive bombing. We don't know why, but there's an explosion over there. And this guy has a funny hat. And this guy is uh, apparently riding around on a duck. And oh, by the way, there's a girl in here who's also a super sexual succubus. Why? Because it looks gorgeous in the middle of this panel. I don't know if she has anything to do with the story, but man, doesn't that page look awesome? Rodrigo, bottom line? Bottom line is... um um, Mobius is a very important node in comic history. Like a lot of artists have been influenced by him. Um, and if a lot of writers have been influenced by him, it w- it must have been under some sort of substance influence. <laughs> um, Not everything he writes is like this. Well, there you go. Um, so it's worth checking out for that. And I mean, it is, I mean, it's an alternate narrative structure. It's an right. alternate way of looking at things. It's, you know, a story doesn't have to start at the beginning and then at the end. Um, there's, there's a lot of ways to go about it. And again, I think if you kind of detach yourself from trying to find that structure, this actually becomes fairly enjoyable. Um, and again, the art is excellent. So if you see it around, I would definitely say pick it up and thump through it at the very least. Mm-hmm. Zach, what about you? Sometimes I like weird things. 
But sometimes those weird things get too weird and I can't even make sense of them. And that's what this was for me. Uh, I don't know if it was uh, an age thing or a being from a different part of the world thing or a thing where he didn't really want it to make complete sense. But I sure didn't know what was going on and that hurt the reading experience for me. But if you like really cool art that's colored really weird with really weird uh, ships and such and robots, this is pretty cool to look at and definitely worth a thumb through, but... Uh, I would not recommend buying this just a thumb through look at the art. Yeah, this is really great art, but I say skip it. Matthew? Normally, I have one rule about any critique, and that is that any and all opinions are equally valid and equally invalid. However, when it comes to this particular piece, you are both wrong! Uh, <laughs> wow. No, that, that, I'm wow. just but yeah. in any case, wow. I would say, yes, this is important, but more, more to the point, this is vibrant. This is, <sighs> here's the thing. When you get up in the morning and you put on your shoes and you hug your kid and you put on your stupid badge and you drive and you lock yourself in the bunker for 10 hours and people yell at you for 10 hours. And then, you know, you get a half hour lunch, but you spend it in the back of the room because it's easier. And then you go home and you hug your kid again and you kind of try and figure out what's going on with the world and maybe try and figure out what's going on in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That is not a conventional narrative. That is something where if somebody checks in and, you know, say you're following the Twitter feed of this theoretical fat man who may or may not exist. You may get bits and pieces and chunks of a quote-unquote storyline or overarching moment. But basically what it is, it's a series of events that may or may not be connected or even loosely interconnected. That's what the Airtight Garage felt like to me. It felt like bits and pieces of, well, the main character, Gruber, but the lives of a lot of these characters interacting even tangentially. That thing where you have a best friend for three weeks who then you never talk to again, or you make out with a girl at a party and you think you're perfect and then she won't speak with you. You speak with you for months. I don't necessarily know that I want to live through that again, but I know that when I read this, this book felt vibrant and alive in a way that lots of comics, and I've read lots of comics, will never be. And this is something that is a fascinating read. And, you know, I can definitely see the point where you want to just kind of back up and go, man, this page is pretty. I'm not saying I didn't do that, because there are points in here where we're talking about, you know, fifth dimensional physics or some sort of, you know, uh, I think it was something about volcanoes of dark matter and lava. And I'm just like, man, no thanks. But then the next page is this giant thing that looks like a floating hairdryer, and I just want to understand what that brain was doing. And, you know, an another thing that pops into my mind when I read this is the, the work of Jackson Pollock. It's not necessarily meant to be a Renoir, but it's fascinating on its own terms. And I think that's what this is. This is fascinating on its own terms and in a very weird kind of incomplete sort of vignette way. This is a masterpiece. And I really want you to at least check it out. Give it, you know, give it a shot. It may annoy you. It may piss you off. Not everybody wants 
to read Finnegan's Wake. Not everybody needs to. Not everybody can. But I think if you go and look at it, there's going to be something that everybody can appreciate in this book. And at the very worst case scenario, you'll be entertained two or three pages, two or three panels, maybe one picture at a time. And I think that it will, it will make you a better person. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this issue. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the Major Spoilers Experience. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing with a friend. Thank you for using the Amazon link, supporting our advertisers, and becoming a member, uh, VIP member over at, uh, what is it, members.majorspoilers.com. <laughs> Next week, something people have been asking us for a long time. All right. Yay. All We're going right. to review the first volume of The Invisibles. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Find the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save some bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the rack. And although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic bookstore guy knew, he'd make me wait out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Away. If I was hulking green or gray, I could bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little me would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would you bag and board your comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Major spoiler, yeah, 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 yeah. What a major spoiler. Major spoilers is copyright 2013.